0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Let us read some verses from 1 Timothy, chapter 6, starting from verse 11. But you, O man of God, flee the things, and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. I urge you in the sight of God who gives life to all things and before Christ Jesus who witnessed the good confession before Pontius Pilate, that you keep this commandment without spot blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ appearing, which he will manifest in his own time, he who is the blessed and only potentate, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who alone has immortality, dwelling in unapproachable light, whom no man has seen, no or can see, to whom be honored and everlasting power Amen. Grace of God the Father be with all of us. Amen. In this passage, St. Paul addressed Timothy as a bishop, and as a servant of God also. And he called him man of God. And of course, it's not about gender, man and woman here, but a believer in God, a person who is godly, and who is called to be a servant whether just a servant, or a priest, or a bishop because Timothy here was the Bishop of Ephesus and he gave him four commandments first one in verse 11, flee I'm just going to say the verb and I will speak about them in verse 11 he said flee we should actually flee certain things in our life as men of God or servants of God the second commandment, pursue. So we need to flee and we need to pursue. Then in verse 12, he said, fight. And then in verse 14, he said, keep. We'll he speak about these four. Flee, pursue, fight, and keep. What we should flee as servants of God. He said, flee these things. What are these things? Verse 10 in the same chapter he said For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows Basically we need to flee three things and flee means to run away and run away from danger If you don't run away fast, actually, like you are running away from a serpent. If you don't run away fast, you will be hurt. The word flee gives us the idea there is danger, there is risk. And when we flee, we need to go to a safe place to be protected. For example, if we're running away from fire, we need to go to a safe place to be sheltered in this safe place so what are the three things actually that we need to run away from number one as he mentioned here in verse 10 love of money because money is another God and people when they trust in money they make money like a God they are worshipping and the Lord said you cannot serve God and mammon you cannot serve two masters In the Gospel last Sunday, when the Lord said it is difficult for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of heaven and the disciples told him it is a hard saying, the Lord elaborated more those who trust in money So the word rich in the scripture doesn't mean people who have a lot of money but means people who trust in money and people who love money who rely on money without relying on God the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil you cannot be a servant of God while you have this illness this disease, this cancer in your body which is love of money. so that's number one we need to run away from number two, we need to run away from the pleasures of the world As St. John said in his letter, do not love the world or the things which are in the world. And again, the pleasure in itself is a gift from God. So why you should run away from pleasure? God actually who actually give us this pleasure. Pleasure should be just a tool, a mean but when the pleasure turns to be a goal then it can destroy the person in, in eating there is pleasure when we eat there is pleasure and if there is no pleasure we wouldn't eat and that actually makes eating pleasurable so that we can eat and we can live but when the pleasure became a goal not just a means people fall in gluttony and became another god, another idol we worship. Many people, because of pleasure, they fall in sexual immorality, in gluttony, in many, many things that can destroy their life. We need to know that pleasure is just a tool and should not be a goal in our life. That's why the church reminds us in every divine liturgy Do not love the world or the things which are in the world Meaning, do not love the pleasures of the world Do not make them your goal Do not make them, that's what you pursue Just to enjoy the pleasures of the world No, we have to have the pleasures as tools, nothing more than this and the third thing we need to run away from our selfishness, our pride and our ego because this can be another god in our life another idol that we worship when we idealize ourself and we become self-focused and self-centered that's why the people who are prideful and arrogant did not repent by the ministry of our Lord Jesus Christ like the priests, the high priests, the scribes, and the Pharisees We so many adulterous people repented many tax collectors and greedy people repented a thief repented on the cross but for the Pharisees, scribes, priests because they were prideful they were trusting in their righteousness they were self-righteous That's why they could not actually repent So we need to run away from these three things From love of money Love of pleasure And love of our ego and pride In 2 in Timothy chapter 3, verse 2 Let's start from verse 1 St. Paul said, but know this that in the last days, pre times, will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of themselves, lovers of money. And then in verse 4, lovers of pleasures rather than lovers of God. So St. Paul identified these three things in 2 Timothy chapter 3. People will be lovers of money lovers of themselves and lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God To flee and to run away for example, if there is danger right now here and God forbid and we are tired, it's a long day what would help us actually to run away? Our body excretes a hormone called adrenaline this hormone actually will give you energy so even if you are tired you can stand and run away to escape from this danger so when I want to run away from love of money, love of pleasure love of self what is our spiritual adrenaline? it is the name of the Lord Jesus Christ call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ My Lord Jesus Christ help me My Lord Jesus Christ save me When you call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ This will give you the spiritual energy To be able to say no to the love of money To be able to say no to the love of pleasure To be able to say no to love of self That's why in the scripture we read The name of God is a strong refuge to it the righteous will run away and be safe. So when we run away to this shelter, the name of the Lord, and I pray, ask God to be with me and to give me this energy, I will be safe. That's why the Lord told us, watch and pray, lest you fall into temptation. So when there is temptation, when there is risk, and I need to run away, I need first to be watchful. I know there is a risk now risk of gluttony, risk of sexual immorality, risk of love of money. And I need to pray because prayer is like the, the spiritual adrenaline that will help me to flee from these things into a safe place, which is the name of the Lord. But in our spiritual growth, as we need to flee and run away from certain things, also need to pursue virtues it's not enough to flee, but you need to pursue that's why after he told him, flee these things he told him, pursue and he told him to pursue 6 things righteousness, verse 11 righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience and gentleness And each one of us should pursue these six things What are these six things? Righteousness, what's righteousness? Righteousness to be able to do what is right But there is two types of righteousness The righteousness of Christ that's granted to us And the self-righteousness When I think I'm doing what is right But this self-righteousness makes the person prideful And at the end, you cannot be righteous before God All self-righteousness is falsehood The true righteousness, when it comes from God Self-righteousness can be hypocrisy In front of you, I appear as a charitable, hospitable person But from within, I'm a different person That's why the Lord said to the scribe and Pharisees, you are like tombs, from outside, beautiful, but from inside, there is uncleanness. That's why in these six virtues, there is one external and one internal. So what is the internal virtue here that leads to righteousness? It's godliness. That's why he said righteousness and godliness. Godliness is the fear of God To have God dwelling in your heart And the fear of God in your heart When you do anything in your life You are doing it with reverence to God When my heart from within Is Godly From my inner being is Godly Then from outside I'll be righteous I'll do what's right Because The fear of God dwells in my heart And how the fear of God actually dwells in my heart Through the means of grace Prayer, scripture, fasting Spiritual reading, prostrations Attending and participating in the sacraments of the church And in the liturgical prayers This connection with God this communication with God, that's why we call it the means of grace. These are the means that make the grace of God fills my heart and makes me righteous. And this is not my own righteousness. This is the righteousness of Christ that I received from his grace. That's why the first prayer, he said, righteousness and godliness. But the second pair, he said, faith and love. I will connect faith and love together as a pair, but I need to connect them with the first pair which is righteousness and godliness. Because if I have the wrong faith, like the faith of the heretics or the non-believers, do you think I will have godliness? Many people claim they worship God, but they are not worshipping the true God their faith is not right they don't have the sound doctrine whether within Christianity or outside Christianity non-Christian that's why in order to have godliness and righteousness I need to have faith the sound doctrine because I built my life on the sound St. Jude in his letter He said Build yourselves On the most holy faith So faith is the foundation And I built myself on on this faith You are built on the foundation Of the prophets and apostles As St. Paul said in Ephesians And Jesus Christ himself Is the cornerstone When you study the letters of St. Paul you will find first chapters are about doctrine, faith then practical application in the last chapters Romans, for example, from chapter 1 to 11 he was explaining justifications how to be justified and then from 12 to 16, application because some of us will say Just give us practical exercises how to live our life in the right way No, but you need to put foundation The foundation of any building, we don't see it with our own eyes But it's very important for this building If the foundation is not solid, the building will collapse In the same way, what people see is righteousness, our righteousness But this righteousness should be built on faith the sound doctrine. And then he said, faith and love. This is the second pair. The first pair, righteousness and godliness. What is love? St. John said, we should not love by words and by tongue, but by action and deeds. So, love is not an emotion. A happy love in the scripture, not an emotion. Read 1 Corinthians chapter 13 There is no one word about emotions That chapter of love It's all actions Love doesn't envy Love it doesn't pride itself love, love doesn't So it's actions Love here Is how I actually treat others Why? As St. James said Faith without works is dead. He told, do you believe in God? Well, but demons also believe in God. What can make my faith different than the faith of the demons? And demons by the way, they know the true God. So what makes my faith different than the faith of demons, as Saint James said? It's the love. Demons cannot love, cannot, they hate, hatred is their character but we our faith should be actually manifested in love as the song that we teach it to the little kids the bible in a word is what is love the whole commandment in the bible can revolve around this one word, love. Faith without love, faith without works, is dead. So we need to pursue righteousness and godliness. But in order to have godliness, we need to have faith that's manifested in love. Then the third the pair, third pair also we connected with the first two, and then have this pair is connected with each other as I told you, each pair has one internal and one external righteousness is the external, godliness is the internal faith is the hmm, internal, love is the external patience and gentleness which one is internal? patience and gentleness is the external what? how? patience is related to faith and love and righteousness and and godliness as you know in our spiritual life we need to be patient do you remember the parable of the sower he said about the last two words and they bear fruits with patience when I plant a seed I need to be patient in watering, taking care of it until it produces fruit. So this fruit of love, this fruit of righteousness, this fruit of godliness, this fruit of... These fruits needs what? Need patience. Don't just start your spiritual life today and just start praying and uh, reading the scripture and then say, I'm not growing. <laughs> Be patient. Bishop Sarabamon, the abbot of Amber Bishoi Monastery in Egypt. May the Lord bless his soul. He visited our monastery here in Corpus Christi a few years ago before his departure. And one of the monks was in the monastery maybe for six years, something like this. So he met Bishop Sarabamun and told him, I feel that I'm not growing. What I'm lacking so, Bishop Sir Ramon, he told him, how many years have you been in monastic life? He told him, five, six years. So, I started to laugh and told him, come and ask me this question after 30 years in the monastic life. So, what is the message here? He told him, you need to be patient. They will bear fruits with patience. We need to be patient. When we are patient, then What is the external virtue of patience? Gentleness. If I'm not patient with my spouse, I'll be angry. I will yell and scream at my spouse because I'm not patient. If I'm not patient with myself, I'll be angry at myself. But when we are patient and we give excuses to others, then actually we'll be gentle with one another. If we are not gentle, because we are lacking patience As servants of God You are helping your, your class, if you are Sunday school servant How to grow, but you need to be patient with them Otherwise, you will rebuke them harshly And you will not be gentle with them And you will lose them But if you are patient, they understand their struggle Then you will be gentle with them And this actually will help in better communication between you and your class and how to help them to grow in, in their spiritual life. So now if you understand these six virtues, it, it will be easy to memorize them without even looking at the scripture. It is what we need to pursue, righteousness and godliness, faith and love, patience and gentleness. If you understand, then we don't need to memorize. And and St. Paul is not mentioning just any virtues right and left, no. He knows what he is speaking about. We need to be righteous, that comes from godliness. And loving people, that comes from faith. And gentle, that comes from patience. The third verb, I told you, he told him four verbs, four actions. Number one, flee. What we need to flee, three things, love of money, love of pleasure, and love of self. And we need to pursue, six things, righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, and gentleness. Then, what we need to do? Fight. And fighting, actually, you cannot pursue. And you cannot flee without fighting That's why you call it spiritual warfare St. Paul at the end of his life He said, I have fought the good fight In the Olympics For example, the Olympics You need to follow the rules If you don't follow the rules Then your fighting will be bad You will lose That's why he said fight the good fighting, the good fight of faith, we need to know the rules of fighting, to fight according to the law of God. That's why people who compete in Olympics, they have trainers to train them and to tell them what are the rules. In the same way, we need trainers and who is our trainer is our spiritual father he actually will teach me how to fight according to the rules saint paul he spoke about fighting according to the rules in his letter to corinthians in first corinthians chapter 9 he said we read, starting from verse 24, First Corinthians 9, 24. Do you not know that those who run in a race, all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. What do you mean run in such a way? St. Paul perceived his life as in a race. Even at the end of his life, he said, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. That's rule number one. You need actually to know that you are in a race. Can you imagine if a person running in a race and said, you know what, I will take break five minutes and continue the race. Is he gonna win? No. Rule number one in fighting the good fight, you are in a race. That's why he said, Run in such a way that you may obtain it Rule number 2 verse 25 And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things Temperate means have high self-control That's what temperate is You, You should be able to say to yourself, no To control yourself When Satan tempts you you need to be able to say no. When your body tempts you, no, I'm not going to wake up early to pray. No, I'm not going to wake up early to go to the church. No, I'm not going to fast. It's enough just to fast the last two weeks. No, I'm not, etc, etc. You need to have self-control. It's one of actually, of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. People who actually compete, they are very, very serious in their training and their exercises, otherwise they will lose. We need actually to be temperate in all things. People who compete for the Olympics, for example, now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. With self-control, and I know that I am in a race, that's how to fight the good fight. That's why he said, therefore I run thus, not with uncertainty. Thus I fight not as one who beats the air. Beats the air, he will lose. He is not doing what he is doing. Like a student just reading anything, studying anything, not studying according to the rules. He's wasting his time. In studying, but he's not studying what he should study. So he will lose at the end, he will fail, he will not pass. And to summarize the idea of being in a race and to be temperate, he said it in verse 27 I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. So if Saint Paul is concerned at least he becomes disqualified, how much more we should be concerned? And the solution here is self discipline, self control. Many people they ask the question why the Coptic Church has so many fasts. Because fasting actually is a tool of self control. When I say, no, I'm not gonna eat this food, or I'm not gonna eat right now. I I have to abstain until 2, 3, 4 p.m. Here you are destroying your body. We need it. If we fast or we don't fast, it doesn't matter who's God. God will not lose or win anything if we fast or not. But who will benefit and who will lose? It's us. When I fast, actually this will help me to discipline my body and bring it into subjection. So when my body actually desires a sin, because I told my body, No, you are not going to eat right now. I have control over my body. So if my body actually desires a sin, I can say to my body, No, through the grace of God. I gained this power of self-control and self-discipline. That is the good fight that St. Paul said to Timothy. Fight the good fight. And the beauty of the good fight, many of us when we ask ourselves, am I going to heaven? Well, I'm not sure. You know, I'm not sure. Because I'm not fighting the good fight. If you ask a student, are you gonna pass the exam, or you are gonna to go to this university or this college? If he's studying well, you're like, yes, through the grace of God, I will. But if not fighting the good fight, uh, I don't know. I don't know. That's why if Saint Paul said, "Fight the good fight." He said, "Lay hold on eternal life." So when we are fighting the good fight and we are temperate in all things as if we are laying hold on eternal life because God will not forget as He told us a a cup of cold water you give it to somebody in need God will not forget yes, we are not saved by our good fight but our good fight is indication that I am receiving the grace of God in my life and lay hold on eternal life to which you were also called. God actually called you. God won't invited you to the eternal life. He want to give you eternal life as a gift. But in order to receive this gift, this free gift, you need to fight the good fight. Lay hold on eternal life, to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession on the day of baptism you remember, we renounce Satan and then we look to the East and we say, I confess you, O my Lord, Jesus Christ, who is the Father and the Holy Spirit. That is the good confession. Means, I accepted the Lord to be my God and I committed myself to worship Him in righteousness and Godliness all the days of my life and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Usually in in baptism, there are people attending, like the godparents. These people are witness that I confess, I renounce Satan, and I confess the good confession. I accepted the Lord Jesus Christ to be my Lord, my God, my Savior, my King. Then the last commandment, we spoke about flee, pursue, and fight the good fight. And fighting the good fight to say two things here. Number one, you are in a race. Number two, be temperate, self control. Then he told him, I urge you in the sight of God, now it is very serious, who gives life to all things. And before, gives life to all things to give us hope that God will grant you eternal life. And before Jesus Christ, who witnesses the good confession, before Pontius Pilate, that you keep. This is the last order here, last instruction. Keep this commandment without spot, blameless, until when, for one year, two years, until our Lord Jesus Christ appeared. So these commandments to flee and to pursue and to fight, you need to keep these commandments. Without spot, blameless, until our Lord Jesus Christ appeared. Some people, for example, in New Year, and we are about three weeks from the New Year. On the New Year, usually all of us will have resolutions of the New Year. And many times, most of the time, we keep this resolution until January 5th. It's over until next year. It doesn't work this way. As he said here, keep this commandment without spot, blameless and seriously, until our Lord Jesus Christ appears. Until the last breath in your life. Every morning, I need to remind myself, today I need to flee, I need to pursue, I need to fight the good fight. Every day, I remind myself with this commandment, until the last day of my life, and when he told him, "I want you to keep this," he told him, "I urge you, in the sight of God, who gives life to all things, and before Christ Jesus, who did a good confession before Pontius Pilate. What if I slacked, or all of us who have weaknesses? What if I did not keep it for some time? Rise again. Don't." lose hope. That's why he said, who gives life to all things. In verse 13 I urge you on the side of God who gives life to all things. So if I became like Lazarus who is dead and there is a stench as Martha said to the Lord I should not lose hope the Lord will tell me rise and come out. Come out of the grief of laziness. Come out from the grief of sin. Come out from the grief of pleasure, love of money, come out. And I will give you life. I will support you and start your journey to pursue and to flee and to fight the good fight. And here actually, we can lay hold on eternal life to which all of us are called and have confessed the good confession. May the Lord help all of us be servants of God, men of God, as he said, but you, O oh man of God, we need every day in our life to know that we need to flee, we need to pursue, and we need to fight the fight. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.